0: Kylie James, I am so excited to be interviewing you for She's the Boss Chats. I can't wait to share your story. So thank you so much for agreeing to do it.
1: Oh, thanks, Jules. I'm so pleased to be here and just I love being part of the She's the Boss um, community. It's just it's so uplifting and inspiring. And yeah, thank you for having me on.
0: Well, my absolute pleasure. Well, let's inspire everyone with your story. So let's start off by why don't you tell everybody what it is that you do now and why you do it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, a couple of years ago, I decided to open up a, a side hustle. Uh, it's, it was called Kylie James Coaching and still is called Kylie James Coaching. Yeah, good name. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's pretty good too. Um, uh, <laughs> and essentially what I wanted to do is, is coach others to live their best life. So, um, you know, I just love working with people, helping people, and I want them to achieve their dreams. So I started doing that while I was working full-time and then last year I left my corporate job and went out mm-hmm. and decided to make this uh, <laughs> a proper business. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's what I've been doing for the last 18 months. But the last couple of months I've also decided to open a second um part of the business and that's called Ruby HR and that's more in the HR consulting side. So that's pretty brand new. I'm still building that side of the business, but essentially it's um, helping uh, HR um, basically be their best. So it's taking a blend of my HR skills as well as my coaching skills. And, you know, basically, Helping people to be awesome.
0: I love it, and so, of course, yeah. one of the things that I love, and I always latch on to this for anyone in HR, is anyone who cares about people as opposed to algorithms. <laughs> yes, and I yeah, know you absolutely. care about people, which makes such yeah, a huge difference. Yeah. But talk to me a little bit more about the coaching. So, yeah. you say uh, you're working with a whole lot of people to help them live their best life. What do you mean by that? Is this in business? Are you a life coach? What, what is it? What's the angle?
1: Yeah, so um, I I guess I call myself an executive coach or some people actually refer to me as a transition coach. Okay. Essentially it's about moving from one chapter to another and that could be from one career to the next career. It could be uh, completely leaving your job and stepping into your business. Yeah. Or it could be actually just being brave and actually um, maybe putting work uh, life first before work.
0: Yeah, nice. So
1: it's a bit of a mi- a mixture of all. So I do work with a lot of um, women mainly, and where I found it's women over the age of forty, and they've kind of hit that nice. age and gone, "Hmm, what's going on for me?" And I guess where that's come from is that's that's kind of what happened for me as well. I kind of hit forty and went. There's a little bit more to life than just sitting and doing work here. What's what's going on yeah, for me? Yeah, and I do feel so, like the pandemic
0: yeah. might, may, had a little effect on yeah. that as well. It's funny because we all got yeah. that time out and I feel like it started this movement where people are going... I need a purpose. I need to be making some kind of a change. Yes. I don't want to just sit absolutely. and shuffle paper or, you know, yes. the modern-day version, just sit at my laptop or my computer the whole time. Um, I want yeah. to feel like I'm, I'm doing something to help other people, which it has to be a brilliant, you know, outcome. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. And you know what? It's so rewarding. <laughs> I have this one client and she loved her job um, but oh. she kind of came to me and said there's something missing in life, there's, there's something – something's not quite right but what had actually worked out is absolutely she loved her job um, but she wanted to do more in that job but then there was this connection back to home that you know she all of a sudden had become an empty nester so she had more time on her hands that's going to be
0: me soon I can't wait
1: (laughs) yeah well she had more time on her hands so she's like well, what do I do? Do I delve more into work? Do I do, you know, do I – I don't have any hobbies. Yeah, right. She just was a little bit lost and then – uh, what she's ended up doing is actually opening up her own business. Oh, so I taking, love that! Well done, yeah, Kylie. <laughs> yeah, I know. She left her. She actually left her. Well, she actually started her own business, but she really took time to build that, and then eventually left her job. Um, so she's doing kind of what she loved in a job, but then more in her business because she's not working more it's just that she's giving more I guess and so it's coming back to that like you said it's that meaningfulness and that purpose and I tell you she's just kicking goals left right and center and that's what makes my heart sing. yeah absolutely now while we're
0: on the topic though let's just delve into I'm really interested because you know I haven't worked in corporate really forever uh, but I did do a few years but I'm talking to a lot of women that have been in sort of senior roles one of the things particularly if you're targeting women over 40 is the ageism that's in the workplace mm. and I wonder yeah. whether and I'm just interested to know whether you think that So for some of the women, it's also like, I can see that, you know, I've hit as high as I'm going to be able to go, or I'm starting to feel a bit more insecure in my role because they may make me redundant. Do you think Mm -hmm. it's some things like that that are also driving women to go, you know, what else can I do? And what could I do with it? Maybe I take my life back into my own hands rather than relying on a, a boss who may or may not fire me or, you know, make me redundant or whatever.
1: Yeah, look, I think there's a little bit of that, absolutely, but I think it's this inner confidence that women are getting at that age okay, to just go, "Love that, hey, hey, there's something here," and maybe, maybe they 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 know they've got the confidence, but they also don't know that they've got the confidence if that kind of makes sense. Yeah. So they still need to build it, but at the same time, they just need a bit of a nudge because they kind of know what they want to do, and I think it's this um I know people, you know people sort of share this with me is that they get to this point and they're like I just I just don't care anymore I just don't give a <laughs> am I allowed bad. to speak? I don't give a shit you know uh, yeah I, I think, it, think I did
0: about a year of uh, posting about you know there's something switched in my head when I turned 50 and I thought my care factor is now so low as yeah. to what other people would think and all those sort of Things that I probably (laughs) love. (laughs) Your little anxious doggy in the background. I do apologize. I do apologize. She's being
1: so good. (laughs) I know, I know.
0: Um, What was I going to say? That. uh, I've lost my train of thought now I shouldn't have started that Anyway, <laughs> no, doesn't matter we'll, we'll, we'll come back to it, I'm sure So, yeah. the next thing I would love to know Is a little bit about your background And how you've got okay. to where you are now uh, So, let's delve back And tell me your story of Where did you grow up? What did your mum and dad do? What sort of size was your family?
1: Yeah, so I grew up in Cairns, far north Queensland. Oh, right. Um, So, up near the Great Barrier Reef, uh, you know, um, that was kind of my backyard, I guess. Um, And I lived there for 17 years. Um, I have one brother, an older brother. Okay. um, And he runs his own business now. Um, He recently opened his own business a couple of years ago. and my dad was actually a builder or a um at that time it was called a house removalist so in Queensland you obviously have all these old Queenslanders that used to sit on stumps so oh, yeah. he used to replace the stumps or he used to actually literally move houses so he'd put them on back the back oh, of a truck those, those and move them relocation. from one place yeah right
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that, very clever okay yeah. what did your so, mum do
1: my mum was a stay-at-home mum, so As she looked after were. us. As many of us she have mums was, like that. Yeah. We were her absolute world, um, and but very highly intelligent lady. So she did all the bookwork. She was a self-taught oh, wow. bookkeeper. She was a self-taught sewer, so she made all of our clothes for us. Oh, stop um, it,
0: did she? I, I always know, thought, she, I always thought that very, would be fantastic to have a mum who could just whip up an yeah. outfit for you.
1: <laughs> Oh, it was fantastic. I was a dancer, so I used to dance. She used to make all my ballet costumes and everything. Oh, wow. Um, she was just a highly talented, very – um amazing lady um and yeah she used to when we got to a certain age she was doing part time work so she worked in a bank and uh she used to work for places like diabetes australia okay. and most recently she's she's 70 just about to turn 73 and she's working in a pharmacist oh, uh, pharmacy so she's she's a lady who just Can't sit down (laughs) and has to keep going. And I'm like, hmm, I I can hear some similar traits here (laughs) with me. (laughs) There you go, there's the
0: genetics. Okay, so um, So, what was school like for you? Did you enjoy school? Were you no, good, any good at it? No, okay, tell me no,
1: about that. No, d- didn't love school at all. I just didn't feel like I fitted in, and I think this is where a lot of my story kind of stems stems from. Is that just not feeling like I fitted in? Didn't feel like it was the right environment for me. I so this is um, high school and
0: primary school, or just mainly, high school? Mainly,
1: mainly high school. Yeah, mainly when, high when school, all the girls get bitchy. <laughs> yeah pretty yeah, pretty much and I just didn't I didn't find my place at all and at the same time I was also dancing I was in um, I, I used to do ballet tap and jazz and um, wow, actually so, hang on how
0: old were you when you started that because it sounds like it was for a long time.
1: Yeah, I was five and then I, uh, finished when wow. I was 17. Oh, and I guess, wow. Yeah. I guess the sad thing was I actually got bullied through that period. And I think that was, that's I'm what so kind of sorry. made me stop. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of my story is, is, um, where it's kind of leading from and why I want to help people is there's these things that happen in our lives. And sometimes it can let us stop us.
0: Yes, so true.
1: If we can get over that, if we can push through and actually realize that we can still achieve our dreams with all that shitty stuff still going on or having happened, it actually makes us stronger and we can still go ahead and achieve those dreams. And that's actually where a lot of my coaching kind of stems from is, is don't worry about the people around you. You know, they've got their own story. They've got their own stuff going on. Um, focus on you and what you want. Um, and don't what, you know, like, don't let anyone stop you from shining. And I guess that's what I did. Yeah, that's what I did when I was younger. And so now it's taken me till I was 40 to go, come on, Kylie, it's your time to shine. It's your time oh. to shine. And so now I want to help other people shine. Oh, I um, love it. So, so that's, yeah. That's,
0: okay, so let's go back again. So let's say yeah. that all those horrible years of school's finished, what was your next step? Did you go to uni or were you wanting to get out into yeah. the workforce? What happened next?
1: Yeah. So I, I moved um, when I was 17. I think i just turned 17. I moved down to a town called Toowoomba. Um, oh, yes. I'm not sure if, yeah, just it's not just far from of Brisbane. It's
0: just isn't it? Yep, yep. Yeah,
1: not far from Brisbane. Um, and I spent three years at university there. So I did uh, marketing and human resource management.
0: And did you love um, it? But-
1: uh, yeah, I did. Um, probably more so the hate, the human resource side of things. I thought it was going to be marketing where I was going to lean towards, but that the human there. resource kind of pulled yeah, nice. me that, in that direction. And, and, and did, did yeah. you
0: enjoy the social side of uni? Like, did you just, because it's funny, isn't it, when you leave that – Cloistered school environment and go to uni. And well, I'm assuming that you're sort of surrounded by a lot more adults and people kind of let you get on with your own life and you find your tribe a bit. Did you have a bit of that going on?
1: Yeah. And I think, I think there was. There was a little bit of freedom, I would say, in this, you know, you, you know, a little bit. Yeah, a lot, actually. I didn't have mum and dad down the road. No, um, no, so they didn't know what you were up to at all. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I didn't. I had to grow up by myself. Uh, my brother was down there as well, oh, so okay. I was kind of lucky that I had him close to me. But still, he's a boy, you know, he, he was doing his thing, I was doing my thing. And, yeah, you have to grow up and you learn it a lot about yourself because you're <laughs> you doing do. a lot of things for the first time yeah um, whereas before you had the safety of your parents to kind of help guide you. Yeah. I mean, my parents were always a phone call away. They were, you know, very supportive. But at the same time, that's not the same as them just being there with you. No, so, and, and you're, you're yeah. built, you
0: know, you're living away from home, you're doing your own groceries, you know, washing yeah. your own clothes. I mean,
1: it is <laughs> that's
0: quite it. Cooking, different cleaning and everything. very kind of adult. It feels very, I mean, yeah. I remember being absolutely ecstatic when I moved out of home that I had a double bed. <laughs> (laughs) 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 And I think it was my mum's old old one or I don't even know. It certainly wasn't a new one, but I was like, I have now arrived. I am an adult. I no longer have to sleep in a little tiny single bed. It's just funny the little things that happen.
1: Oh. And the first time you get your um I mean I, I did work when I was at school. Um, yeah. you know, I had a you know, one a couple of hours a week um while I was at school, but then when I was at university we had I, I had a part time job as well. Because yeah, you, you had to survive, that's right. Um, but then, you know, there's there's just so much um pride I guess in learning to live like Yeah, just do things that you've never done before but gosh – it's also the the volume of mistakes and lessons that oh, happen yeah. along the way. But, you know, there's a lot of fun in that as well. There is, as much there as is. they're the oh my gosh, but no, no and I remember in those, when
0: I and in those years it doesn't really matter if you make a mistake. I think that's no. the other thing because nothing you know, you do feel a bit six foot tall and bulletproof, I think, when you're that age. Yeah, so yeah, you don't really care. Absolutely. Okay. So so what did you what happened when you left uni? What was the next step?
1: So I actually moved back to Cairns. So, uh, sadly, okay. my, my dad, um, uh, had a heart attack and he, oh, no. he sort of went through a period of, um, poor health. So I actually just felt, like I needed to go back and be there um, for them. kind of, yeah, be there with them. And so I ended up spending a couple of years back in Cairns uh, working in a fruit and vegetable wholesaler. So I worked in the office doing okay. administration, um, quality assurance, those sorts of things. So I used to start work at midnight or 2 in the morning and oh work through God. till about right. 10 a.m. So, you know, that really kind of stretched my uh, uh ability to um, socialise as well yeah, on a Friday night say, when I was working. When you <laughs> but, have to you know, be
0: at two o'clock in the morning and presumably yeah. you can't turn up drunk.
1: <laughs> no, that's right, that's right. So, you know, there was a bit of a balance going on there about wanting to have fun but then also having, you know, having a, a job and um, and then I kept studying while I was up there. I did some oh, more courses around okay. uh, occupational health and safety as it was known back then. So starting to um, lead
0: towards sort of an HR role but did did you have your eyes on on the on the horizon? Were you thinking HR, or do you, did you even know what that was at that stage?
1: I, I I didn't, but I was applying for lots of different jobs. To right. be honest, I don't know how many jobs I applied for. And one day I, I actually applied for a government graduate role um, right. down in Canberra and all of a sudden I got a call saying, hey, you've been shortlisted. We're going to fly oh, you wow. to Brisbane. We're going to fly you to Brisbane for an interview. And I was like, okay, no wow. problems. You know, at this time there were no, you couldn't actually zoom in from home or anything. No, you literally grown had to go into that, the offices. How grown up <laughs> that they
0: were going to fly you down for an interview. That must have I been know. pretty exciting.
1: And I thought you know i guess you know this little girl from cairns i just saw myself as this really young kind of naive um you know i hadn't had a lot of worldly experience or anything like that i hadn't traveled overseas a lot so this was a really big deal for me so um i ended up getting that job and uh Yeah, I moved down to, um, it was a graduate role with, uh, it was with the Department of Employment and Workplace Relations and Small Business at that time. Oh, nice, cool. Yeah, that was about 20 years ago. So I moved down to Canberra, and that's where I really kicked off my career in um, HR. Uh, Workplace so relations did, how did you, and work health and safety. I
0: was going to say, so tell me how that, how did join the dots between getting that job as a graduate and how you ended up in HR? Did, was that like the first role you were in that you slowly moved into HR or what, you know, how, how did you no. get into that kind of a role?
1: Yeah, so as a graduate you get, I guess you I guess you get some opportunities, you get to move around and you get to trial a few trial things. the different departments, and, yeah. Yeah, so um, and eventually I decided, you know, I'd, I kind of sat in that policy space, that government policy space for a while and I worked on some really cool projects in that, that policy space and then okay. eventually I was like, you know what, I want to go back into what my studies were doing. You know, the policy work really complemented that study um, and so I stepped into HR, um, you know, a couple of years after, you know, starting with, with the government and have been and was there ever, you know, you know, for the, for the rest of my career while I was there. And this, you know, ability to be able to work in HR when you've also worked in, I guess, the rest of the business has been a real, um, uh, positive, a positive for me. Yeah,
0: I bet. I yeah,
1: because you kind of know what, what your clients are doing so you kind of know what their jobs are to a certain degree and you you know you you kind of been through some of the stuff that they're going through so I think that connection is really really helpful.
0: Yeah so talk to me a bit about what it was like when you started 20 years ago in HR and as in, I'm just really interested from the from the reverse side of it, I guess, as someone who's gone to a lot of HR companies and been inc- decidedly underwhelmed over the years, yeah. um, what, what with Ruby HR you're doing that's different mm-hmm. to yeah. the way that HR used to be. So yeah, just yeah. talk a little bit about how that all has changed.
1: Yeah. I think for me, I think where I want to take Ruby HR is very much I want to bring the people back into HR. And I know that sounds a bit weird, but I think sometimes um, we focus on, the compliance side of things. You know, what do we need to comply with? What are the right. rules? All of those sorts of things. I think at the end of the day, people are your greatest asset in a business. You know, they, they tend to be your greatest expense. So how can we look after them? And this is where I'm seeing HR moving is that we're looking at different ways of, you know, how do we incorporate more diversity into our into our work? Oh, how do we develop, you know, <laughs> yeah. How do we develop people? How do we embrace differences? How do we embrace people as a whole, not just the work elements, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. And, and, the,
0: and the, the benefits that come from diversity rather than looking at the difficulties that come with diversity. Exactly, Because exactly. there's so many positives. And also everyone deserves a chance. But I'm really interested. Yeah, I guess yeah. what I'm thinking, what, what I, where I was trying to lead, and I could be completely yeah. wrong, was yeah. that when I was going for jobs in my 20s, people I, I i worked with a couple of hr companies and it was i kind of felt like i was in a bit of a factory um, you know sausage factory being squirted out the other end yeah. and then I yeah. started working with some headhunters or they started working with me whatever they started contacting me and that seemed much more people driven like they would say yeah. right we know you're great so we will go and find a company that fits with you rather than yeah. that whole you don't yeah. fit this role so go away yeah. kind yeah. of thing yeah. it, it, have you can you talk to some of that a little bit
1: yeah, absolutely. I think, I think, you know, Especially there's a lot government. of talk at the moment. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of talk at the moment around job design and, you right, know, rather there? than trying to exactly what you're saying, it's, it's, um, you know, trying to fit the person into the job. It's like, well, actually, We've got, you know, these pool of really talented people with us. How can we make that work? How can we look at the work, way we're doing things? How can right. we design our jobs? How can we do all of that to actually achieve really great things in our business? Um, yeah, and that's so really I think smart. You, yeah, it's kind of, you know, um, I guess. Yes, we can always go out and look for more talent, absolutely, but it's amazing what talent we've also got inside our businesses and how sometimes it's underutilised. Totally. Um, so I guess how it, do we bring yeah. that out?
0: I like that. And the other thing that I always, well, I always think anyway, is if you meet someone, you know, through looking for a job and they've got a great personality and they seem like they're smart and you get on really well with them, you can teach them. Some other skills, it's about finding the person that's the right fit rather than looking on a piece of paper at what your skills are and how old you are and what colour you are and, you know, whatever, and going, oh, no, that doesn't fit or that does. Instead saying, you know, this person is great. We can teach them how to do sales or we can teach them how to do whatever because they're going to learn fast, but they've got the right aptitude.
1: That's right and that leads to a really great culture which is the other piece with, you know, right. is, is basically building a really great culture which is, you know, kind of leaning back into what I was saying before around, you know, embracing differences, embracing diversity, embracing, you know, people as a whole as to who they are and actually building cultures that – Draw people in, not scare them away. I guess because of you know the processes or the systems that are in place, and yeah, nice. um, you know really just kind of um, you know I'm sure you 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 can think of um, businesses that are that people just say that place has got a really great culture, uh, and when you firm, dip into I, it, yeah, go on. Yeah, well, when you dip into it, it's generally about how they treat their employees. Yes, yes. And well, yeah. Well,
0: I was really, really lucky because my uh, I, I had a couple of small jobs, including working for uh, Rupert Murdoch at the Herald Sun for a for a while, which I loathed because you, it was you yeah. were just, it was a very big organisation. And then I worked for an amazing company called Peter Isaacson Publications. I have got to give them a shout out because yeah, they. There were about, I think, there were 106 staff, and we were like family, and Eve. And I think I stayed there about five years. It's really the only proper job that I've had. But we still, up until recently, when he died at 96, used to meet all the staff. We would meet. We knew everyone from the tea lady to the chief executive, whatever. And we would still catch up for drinks. I mean, the organisation has been gone for 20 years now, but. We, there was just a bond that they built between all of us and we all felt safe. We all felt cherished. It was just like a big family. It was wonderful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I think, particularly coming out of the pandemic, people are looking for that a lot more. They're right. looking for that connection, that belonging again. So how can we as workplaces bring that back for people? Um, or how can an employee bring that into an organization? Because, yeah, lovely. you know, it, it's kind of, it's not just, I guess, the organization's responsibility to make a great workplace. It's also the employees themselves that can contribute yeah, nice. as well. So. So, you know, how do we do that together to, you know, overall make a really great culture and a great place to work? Because at the end of the day, we spend a lot of time at work.
0: A hell of a lot of time, more than anywhere else. that's it. really. So
1: how do we make that just a great place to be?
0: Yeah, I think. So,
1: you know, I think this is where I love where the conversation is going around HR and I think I want a piece of that. I want to be involved. I want to be part of conversations around this because. Yeah, nice. It's, it's exciting. It is so, exciting yeah. and it, it's
0: about bloody time as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, so I'm delighted yeah, to see it. Now yeah. let's go back to you and your story. So yeah. you got this job in Canberra and presumably moved down to Canberra from um, Cairns, which yeah. must have been a little bit confronting because that's a very different climate <laughs> <laughs> and very different types of people. Uh, how was, yes, how was yes. it when you moved down? Because you were quite young by the sounds of it what 20 yeah, or was, 19 or something uh, 23
1: 23 yeah, no I okay. was 23 at that time um and what was the first job I got there
0: yeah sorry you go on the no, first no.
1: job so yeah so I guess it's it's a bit hard to explain in the in government it's like one big job and then you just kind of move around from place to place but essentially I worked in policy for a couple of years um workplace relations policy or maybe people know it as industrial relations okay. so you know it's it's um uh wages, uh, you know, negotiating terms and conditions of employment, all of those sorts of things. So like so a great it's background a bit for
0: of, HR, I guess.
1: Yeah, very great back a really good background for HR. It's a, it's a it's an element of HR. Yeah, yeah. Um but I do remember the first when I flew into Canberra and there was just a lot of brown
0: grass
1: <laughs> and I thought where have I landed? What Where's is going my tropic- on here? Where's my tropical
0: <laughs> trees and rain buckling that's down right. all the time? And that's Yeah, that's right. yeah, quite um, a shock.
1: Yeah. And then, um, look, I met some amazing people that, you know, two of my best friends are from my graduate year. Okay. And I still, to this day, um, just cherish their friendship. So I feel really blessed that, you know, I got that job and have been able to have, you know, be able to work with them and hang out with them and socialize with them, watch them have kids and all of those sorts of things. Um, so, yeah, that's been just – it's been a fun, you know, 20 years really that I've and had you met, down in Canberra And Canada you met your here, husband so.
0: in Canberra as well, did yeah. you? So yeah. Everything so everything was partner. all happening.
1: Yeah, yeah. I moved. I moved to Sydney for a little while. Um, I thought I'm not sure if Canberra is where I want to be. Right. Um, I think coming from coming from Cairns, I'd never been to Sydney before. I came down to Canberra. (laughs) I know that sounds super weird. Uh, uh, Super
0: weird. No, no, it doesn't. And I, I still haven't ever been to Perth, and I'm 56 now. But (laughs) I I have. Um, it. I reckon I was about. 25 before I ever even went to Sydney you know so yeah
1: that was the same and so I thought I'd ha- always had this dream of working in an office in the city, you know. Okay. That movie, Working Girl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> working Girl. With- that was like, oh, yeah, that would be so cool to okay. do that. Okay.
0: Well, which was sort of, are we in the 80s now? No, 20 years yeah. ago. What are we, in 90s? Because 90s, certainly, 90s, yeah. For me, it was the 80s. It was all the big shoulder pads. And I remember yes, just having like- a little moment, probably at around 21, and going, oh, my God, I'm like those people in the movies. Like, <laughs> yeah, I am yeah. living that kind of a working life and i'm a girl and you know yeah it was great. yeah
1: <laughs> and it was it was just i was like okay i'm gonna give this sydney thing a go but um so what happened you know what, up there? what was the role that uh so i was actually working again in workplace relations so i looked after all of the there are a couple of different jobs that i did um i looked after a call center okay. um And so was doing all the HR, learning and development in that space for for that particular centre. And what else was I doing? Um, Again, workplace relations. Uh, We were doing a lot of presentations to employer associations and employer groups um, just around explaining what the new workplace relations laws were. Um, So a bit of a mixed bag, um, to be honest. Um, As as you can do in the government, to be honest, you can jump around and do lots of different things so
0: yeah that's very true so um, Mm -hmm. I know I lived in Sydney for a couple of years and then came back down to Melbourne why did you leave what what was it about Canberra that was calling
1: um I got offered a role back in Canberra um and it was to work on um it was to work on um and those in probably in HR would would know this it's all the work health and safety laws got harmonized basically they got reviewed so there's laws in every single state and territory but they are all really different right so there was a really big project on to kind of try and bring them together um and it was called you know harmonizing you know the harmonization of work health and safety laws okay so i was offered a role to work on in that project team um and it was just a I just thought it was a really cool project to work on and so yeah. I went back to Canberra to work on that project and I've pretty much stayed there stayed here ever since. Um, right. Yeah, so that was back in 2010 and not long after that I met my partner and yeah,
0: started to settle down.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so talk absolutely. to me about
0: life during the pandemic and then the the big decision whether there was what's there well, yeah, life during the pandemic and then what happened that made you go, you know what? I'm making the leap. I'm going out on my own.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the pand- pandemic was really interesting. I was actually um Uh, working in the government in HR at that time and so um, we were kind of in the thick of trying to do a lot of you know sorting out uh, sorting out a lot of you know how to how to help our line areas kind of be able to deliver the services that they still need to deliver Um, and I was in that health space um, at that time. So it was a pretty critical area that we were working with. Um,
0: Gosh, hang on a minute. So you were working in, a, I don't know much about Canberra, but a department, yeah. the Department of Health, for instance, health, yeah, yeah. at a time when the whole world goes into a health crisis.
1: That's right, yeah. Right, yeah. yes, yeah.
0: okay, so that, yes, would have and, been and very in challenging.
1: in HR, in HR, so, yeah, yeah when we everyone's
0: were... losing, losing their jobs and being stood down and being told to go home for two years.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Not that so we, knew we were, it was that we at the time. were, yeah, we were trying to help bring people in and, um, you know, because we had obviously work to do. Um, so that was, uh, when I look back on it, just one of the, the best jobs that I will have had over my career in HR to be honest because you just had to think on your feet you had to be innovative you had to you just you had to work as a team you had to just you just had to go you just it just was you know all hands on deck and you just had to navigate lots of um, lots of things but at the same time you were helping people. Yeah. So you were offering people jobs. You were helping a manager get people. Like it was all just about at the end of the day kind of goes really with my values around helping people, um, you know, kind of, you know, do great work. Um So, yeah, I was doing a lot of that. But halfway through that, my mum had to have an operation. And um, so I actually went up to Brisbane and that was when um, it just all coincided when Canberra had its lockdown as well. Yes, Melbourne was locked down and Sydney then- had their lockdown as well. But Canberra also had about a period of four months of lockdown. Right. So during that time, I actually lived in Brisbane with my parents. Ah. which was um, really, really interesting because I had not lived with my parents since (laughs) I was 23 years old. So for 20 years, so it was kind of like going back to be a kid, but I didn't go back to be a kid. I actually went back to be a carer. So I actually cared for my um, mum who was having an operation, but then my dad's got dementia as well. So I all of a sudden, you know, became, uh, you know, was was sort of helping my elderly parents. And I think this is something that really kind of is where I started getting my passion for helping women over the age of 40 because I guess we're kind of known as a bit of the sandwich generation. You know, Uh yes, we've got the kids that are locking the nest and leaving, but we've also got elderly parents as well. So how do we help all of those people around us, but also how do we help our, ourselves so we can live a great life as well. So this is where some of the, um, you know, the helping women started. over the age of 40s, yeah, th- because this is exactly what I was going through. And so I was thinking there's something in this, um, but I'd already started my coaching business as right. a side hustle. Yeah. And I thought, I can't do both. I can't do the corporate as well as the side hustle. It was just getting a bit too much. So I thought, okay, do I back myself? Yep, let's do this. Oh, Kylie, doesn't work, If it doesn't work out, I'll just (coughs) go and get get another job job. somewhere. That's
0: right. That's right. There's no real downside.
1: Yeah, so I did. I I I decided, you know what, I'm going to do this. I spoke to my partner. He's like, you do what you do want to do, Kylie. I had his support. Not that I needed his support, but I guess. No,
0: it makes a difference though. To, yeah, to, that's to, right. And also you need someone to yeah. bounce the ideas off and you obviously can't bounce them off your bosses and people at work easily. Yeah, so that's So the it, fact that your partner it. kind of goes, yep, go for it, it gives you that incentive to, what have I got to lose? So, yeah,
1: that's it. So that's, that's brilliant. So I took the leap, and yeah, that was in February last year. I had my final day, um, and no away I went. Back. No, and last year I see I, I I explained last year as a year of experimentation. Right. I just tried lots of different things. What I just do you thought, mean? Like what, what sorts gonna, of things? I I wrote. Uh, chapters in three books so oh. I wrote about my story so I have right. three three books that I wrote chapters in um I took jobs that I never thought I would be able to do and I just said yes and gave them a go oh well um, done I just started reaching out to people and saying hi and building my network because I thought you know if I want to make a go of this I've actually got to put myself out there um I started did my first podcast I'm not sure when but oh my gosh I was so nervous (laughs) because I'd never done anything like that before um so I just kept saying yes to things that I'd never done before um so it was just a massive year of just amazingness and and
0: learning I'm sure you've learned loads along the way of what what works what doesn't what you like what you don't like where you think there are money where there's you know, clients and where there aren't. So
1: that's right. That's right. You. And You're
0: very brave yeah. and adventurous. And I obviously admire that. I love all of that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I've got a few more questions for you. Yes. One of them, because this is a podcast about women in business, I do yes. like to ask, have there been any women that have really impacted in your career, backed yes. you, helped you, lifted you up? And if so, do you mm-hmm. want to just tell us a quick story about them? Yeah, for
1: sure. Um, I'm, my, I'm going to give a shout out to a lady named Danette Fenton-Menzies. Okay. She's actually currently my coach. Um, and she was the first person who saw something in me and gave me the nudge to go, you know what, you can do something different. You oh, can go and I run your her. own business. <laughs> and that was 10 years ago. Yeah. So she saw in me what I just could not see. And she has just held my hand along the way, let me take detours, um, let me go off on tangents, but also when I was ready to take the leap, she was there to say, "I'm there with you. I'll support you along the way." And oh, brilliant. I think she for sounds me, it's that. Yeah, she's she's just this beautiful soul who basically wants to watch people. Flourish. Thrive yeah. And flourish. And uh, she has just been there my whole journey and I can't thank her enough. And she's been, she's run, been running her business for 30 years. She's shared her ups and downs with me um, and, you know, she lets me have – uh, my what what we call BMW moments, my bitch moan and whine moments <laughs> if I need to. Oh, I like that. I'm um, going to use that
0: again. <laughs> yeah, it's a great
1: one. But then she's also really realistic to say, come on, Kylie, get back on the horse and keep going. Like let's not get stuck. And yeah. so you need those people around you and she is the one consistent person that I've had for probably the last 10 years. Oh, she sounds great. And I think the big great. thing is. yeah. Yeah, she saw something in me that I just didn't see and I think we all need that in business. I think we all need someone who sees our greatness before we do. Yeah, what a lovely um, then way kind of, of helps it. That's us true. to see that. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. So,
0: and um, yeah. so, one of the other things that I have discovered having interviewed so many women now is the prevalence for when you do something that you love to overwork yourself and burn out. So, one of the <laughs> yes. questions I love to ask is kind of how are you avoiding burnout, but how are you juggling work and life to give yourself a bit of balance? Yeah. What does your yeah. week look I- like?
1: I think i'm still navigating this i have to say i was probably the person who would burn herself out um rather than actually embrace work-life balance and this is something that i think my business is helping me really work through um so i meditate every morning oh okay um and if if you know that that's something that just kind of grounds me and really starts my whole day off really well, right. um, because I think if I go straight into a day and look at my calendar, you just go straight into busy mode and you think, oh my gosh, you know I've got this meeting, and this meeting, and this meeting. Yeah. Or sometimes, particularly in the early stages, if you've got an empty calendar you then kind of freeze a bit and I guess that's a different type of um, yeah, overwhelm true, true. if that kind of makes sense. So it's, it's kind of um, how do you find that balance where you're building your business but at the same time you're kind of being kind to yourself and being compassionate to yourself as well. So meditation is a really big thing for me. I try and catch up with um, a colleague uh, whether it's a, a work, you know, an old work colleague, or a friend, or um, you know, a family member, or something like that, over the phone, or over Zoom, or in person, once a week as well, yep. just to kind of not do something around my business.
0: Yep, nice.
1: Um, because I think I think I am the type of person who would probably just get absorbed into something. Right. And forget about life a bit. So, um, yeah, and that's tr- really important. And I do think, you,
0: yeah. You no, no, I was just so, going to go, do you try to work oh. sort of business hours and then you switch off or are you kind of working all the time? So do you keep weekends for you and your partner or how are you kind of juggling yeah. that as well?
1: So I do I do try and keep Saturdays and Sundays free because my okay. partner well does done. work Monday to Friday. Yeah. And the one thing that I was going to say is um, we referred to my puppy earlier. Yes. Um, we got my, we got our, we got our puppy in November last year and she's been a game changer for me and the business and, you know, helping me find that balance because I have to take her for a walk. Right. Um, yes. You know, she needs attention and those sorts of things. And it's, That kind of stuff. So that has to be built in my day. Yeah. So if I'm working from home, I need to take her for a walk at lunchtime. So it makes me check out of work or check out of business and and go for a walk. So it's lots of little things, I guess, um, that I'm doing that when I now reflect on it, I think, yeah, I'm actually doing better than what I thought I probably was. I
0: love that. And it's
1: amazing. Yeah, I know that sounds, I know I've said that to a few people, like Ruby actually just makes me kind of um you know do things because you know you you know you need to exercise them you need to do all of that kind of stuff but the flow on impacts has been amazing you know so yeah so we all need to get a
0: dog well i'm set my boys uh, we had a dog and for a family dog that died earlier this year and my Uh, boys keep going we want another dog Mum. we want another dog and i'm like i want to travel when you're a little bit older like give me a couple of years so i'm saying to them you have to wait until you can get your own dog but i know the the huge difference it can make as well so yeah um, that's lovely and that you that you are balancing giving yourself weekends and time out I I know um, I was walking before work uh, last year in the mornings and it just starts the day in a very different way very yeah positive. absolutely
1: absolutely yeah well i think when i was in corporate i was that person that would get out of bed go straight to work you know i didn't i didn't have kids so i didn't have to navigate the yeah. the breakfasts and the you know drop-offs and all of those sorts of things so i literally got up had a shower i didn't even have breakfast and just i went straight, straight, straight to work in. so there's been a massive shift in i guess That's just how i operate um yeah, operate now because I actually do take the time to do those things when I get up. So yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: well, the beautiful thing yeah. I always say about working for yourself is that your boss understands you and is very nice <laughs> about letting you work the hours that suit you. So absolutely, um, But as long, absolutely. As, you don't, as long as you don't do sort of 80 hours a week and kill yourself in, in the process, yeah. I think that's the main yeah. thing. Okay. Absolutely. Last question.
1: Yes. Is there a quirky
0: fact about you that most people don't know that you'd be up for sharing? I love this a quirky question.
1: Fact. Oh gosh. Um a quirky fact. Maybe something
0: to do with your ballet or your dancing when you were younger. <laughs> did you win something?
1: Um, oh, I did. Um I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a little something. I absolutely love fairies and so oh. I think my superpower is that I get to spread fairy dust all over the world. Oh, I and love that. I just That's what I love to do. I think I've been that way from the moment I was born, and I want to continue to do that for the rest of my life. And I think that might be a bit quirky, but it is
0: a bit quirky. But I'd love to know when you say you love fairies, how does that manifest itself outside of the sprinkling of fairy dust? Do you have um, a collection of I don't know fairy sculptures, or do you love watching? fairy movies or what is, is there yeah. something in there as well that's a bit quirkier <laughs> yeah
1: I have my fairy oracle card there we go that was it <laughs> and what do you
0: when do you look at them
1: uh, every day every day in the morning <laughs> I pull a fairy oracle card and it gives me a little bit of guidance so um, I've got them I've got them just near me but That's yeah brilliant. they just um, they just give me a little bit of guidance along the way I think they're just such beautiful kind creatures um, I think you need to have a fairy in your life everyone does oh, that I think will that... sprinkle magic all over the place well there
0: you go so, that is a perfect yeah. way for us to end this yeah. now if somebody would like to work with you and I'm sure by the time they've heard this that they will either in HR or in coaching, what's the best way for them to be able to get hold of you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Probably uh, via email. So it's hello at Kylie James Yeah. I do have my website, which is uh, Kylie James Um So you can connect, you can connect reach out to me. That way. That and way. then what about socials? Yeah, socials. Kylie James Coaching on Facebook, on Instagram, and then I'm also on LinkedIn, Kylie James um, as well. So pretty much any of those. The Ruby HR side of things is still being created, um, but so you'll see a little bit more of that in my socials as as I kind of build that, but they're my primary contact methods at the moment.
0: Well, I am just so delighted to hear your story and to be able to share it. Thank you so much for doing this interview, Kylie. It's been really interesting.
1: Yeah, thanks, Jules. I really appreciate it. I love what you're doing. I love how you're just sharing everyone's stories and it's just so powerful and thank just you. really, really inspiring. So thank you.
0: I hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, go to she's theboss.com.au.